Hello and welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling, and I'll be with you today as we talk about the various sizes of multifamily real estate properties that you could invest in. Hi everyone, this is Pat with Mara Poling. Today we're going to be talking about the different sizes of properties that you could potentially invest in. Everything from a single-family home that you could manage as a rental yourself, all the way up to thousand-unit complexes that you could be an investor in. So let's dive in and talk about the differences between the various different sizes of properties. And the place we want to start is the differentiation between residential and commercial. Properties that are single-family homes, duplexes, triplexes, and fourplexes are considered to be residential real estate. That doesn't mean that you can't rent those properties out. It simply means that when, in particular, the federal government puts statistics together on multifamily properties, on commercial multifamily properties, they're talking about five units and above. Single-family home, duplex, triplex, fourplex. We're going to talk about those today and some of the values and some of the challenges associated with working in that size. We're also going to talk about the commercial space. So commercial starts at five units. You could have a fiveplex, kind of an odd-sized number. I don't think there's a lot of fiveplexes out there. But you could certainly find an eightplex. That's kind of common, 16 Uh, 20-unit complexes, 40-unit complexes, and then you get to the 80, 100, 200, 300, 600,000 unit complexes. A lot of different sizes that we could look at as a prospective investor. So let's take a few moments now and look at the sizes that fit into the residential space. Single-family homes, duplexes, triplexes, and fourplexes. If you're looking to invest through a professional asset management firm like Mara Poling, it may be challenging to find one that's really focused on this end of the market. I don't know that there aren't some out there. I know that it's not a space that we have a great deal of interest in for some of the reasons we're going to talk about, primarily scale and the cost of management. This may be a space, though, that would be attractive to you, especially if you're first getting involved in investing in multifamily real estate and you're thinking about and actively wanting to be involved in the day-to-day management of the property. That's one of the significant challenges at this size, at this end of the spectrum, is the ability to find quality professional management for a reasonable price. You obviously aren't going to have somebody as a manager that's going to live on site if you've got a single family home. You can only have one tenant. Uh, If you've got a duplex, that would be ridiculously expensive, right? To have a manager live in one unit and the rent from that other unit has to pay to cover all of those costs. That'd be very difficult to have happen. Fourplexes, you're getting closer to being able to make something work, but it's still really difficult. One of the things that's commonly seen, especially with duplexes, triplexes, and fourplexes, is you may choose to buy that that property, that building, and live in one of the units yourself 
and then manage the other two or three units that you have uh, to use as rentals. If that's something that sounds attractive to you, then this may be a good-sized property to be able to look at. If you're going to be managing this yourself, you're saving some money. You're not paying management fees. In return, you're investing time and energy of your own, and you're going to have to either deal yourself with maintenance issues, or you're going to have to have some kind of contracted relationship with either a a really qualified handyman, if you will, or an electrician, a plumber, a roofer, and so on and so on in order to be able to take care of all of that. As you move up in terms of size, it becomes a little more challenging to do this as an individual. If you get to, for example, a 16plex, well, 16 units, depending upon the price that they might be going for in your particular marketplace, you know, this could be a property that could cost somewhere in the neighborhood of a million dollars. And that might be something you'd be very comfortable investing in, uh, putting three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 into it. Um, that may be something that you're not comfortable with. Maybe you've got a couple partners, uh, and that's how you're going to manage that. So that could possibly work. You get a little larger, 40 units, 50 units, 60 units. You're not quite at the size yet where you can afford to have on-site management. You could have professional management, but they're not, you're not I, most likely going to have a manager that's on-site or maintenance that's on-site on a dedicated basis. What you most likely would be looking at would be some combination of uh, owner-operator management, meaning yourself and potentially your partners, as well as some professional management that, that's supportive in some way. You're also looking at a much larger investment. So now you're talking about you know a $2 million investment, could even be a larger investment than that, and it's $500,000, dollars $700,000 uh, in investment. Uh, that's also a lot of eggs in one in one basket for an individual or a small group of investors. You're in the best position to be able to determine if that's something you'd be comfortable with or not. But you're starting to get to a size where there's potentially some scale that starts to help. You get to around 100 units and somewhere around 100, maybe 80, 85, 90, uh, certainly at 100, you're to the point where you can actually have professional management on-site. So an on-site uh, leasing agent and an on-site uh, maintenance person that are going to be able to take care of that property. And you're going to be able to do that fairly efficiently. A hundred's good. 200 would absolutely be better. You're going to be able to have a larger staff, which means you've got some vacation coverage and so on. You don't have to jump through as many hoops to deal with those issues. And it's going to cost a little less per unit as you get to that size. If you step up a little bigger, 300, maybe 350, maybe even as large as 400 units, and you're at what we would think is the upper end of that real scale opportunity. Why stop at 400? Why not go to 600? Why not go up to 1,000? We certainly see scale opportunities at that level. We also see a different marketplace. There are institutional investors that love multifamily for all the same reasons that we all like multifamily. They want to put their money in here and get it to work, riding this demand curve that's that's pushing multifamily today and that looks to be 
in place for quite some period of time into the future. Large institutions have a difficult time buying smaller properties. A 100-unit property takes almost as much time and energy to purchase as a 400-unit or an 800-unit or a 1,000-unit property, which means if you've got a finite amount of time to invest and put your money to work, which is typically how an institution is going to be structured, and you wanted to buy a 1,000 units, do you want to go out and make 10 individual purchases of 100 units, or are you going to pull the trigger and buy one 1,000-unit complex? A lot easier to do that. For that reason, that primary reason, when you get north of three or 400 units, you start running into more institutional investors. You're also talking about much larger checks, right? A three or 400 unit complex, you're talking about something that's most likely starting around 25 to maybe $30 million and absolutely goes up from there depending upon the market that you're, that you're looking in. A 100 unit property, you're probably looking at something that's going to cost $6 million dollars maybe $5 million. So you're looking at a couple million dollar check that has to be written from an equity standpoint in order to get that kind of property together. That may be something that you're capable of doing with maybe a small group of friends and family. Uh, if you are interested in doing that, that makes a lot of sense. You ought to visit the Learning Center at marapolling.com. We've got a lot of great material that can help you as you try and make that decision about how you would do all of that. One of the challenges in making those kinds of investments is the fact that you're putting all your eggs in one basket, or at least a lot of your eggs. I don't know how many eggs you've got, but you're going to have a lot of eggs in that one basket uh, because you don't have any property diversity. You only have one asset that you've invested in, and you personally might have anywhere from a few hundred to several hundred thousand dollars or more at the kind of size that we're starting to talk about. That's one of the reasons why firms like Mara Polling exists uh, and properties uh, can be managed through uh, various vehicles like the total return fund that we operate where investors have access to multiple properties with one relatively modest investment. So that's, that's another conversation. And again, you can go to the website marapolling.com if you have more interest in learning about that. Let's go back to size. So there's absolutely some value as we grow in scale. That's, that's a really good factor to look at. It becomes easier to manage. At a certain size, it becomes more challenging for you as an individual to manage it if you're going to be an owner-operator, and you most likely start shifting over to an asset-managed model uh, like the one that we operate. Another issue to keep in mind when it comes to size is the uh, – what we call, and it's a technical term, but the lumpiness of vacancy. Uh, at least that's how I like to refer to it. So let's take a couple examples, and we're going to use some examples that are on the extreme end of the spectrum, but they, they'll be very illustrative in terms of helping us understand what we mean by this. So on one end of the spectrum, we have a single-family home. We've gone out, we've made an investment, we bought a, a condominium or a single-family home, 1,500 square feet, three bedrooms, two baths, uh, right in the middle of the, uh, of the target zone for what we'd be looking for. And maybe we paid 100000 for the property. Maybe we paid 150 in certain parts of the country. Maybe we paid three or $400,000 for that property. But we've made one investment, and we've purchased that particular asset. 
On the other end of the spectrum, we have a, uh, a larger multifamily property. Maybe we're looking at something in the neighborhood of uh, 80 units, uh, 100 units, 120 units. Let's talk about a 100-unit property as our example. So we've got a tenant in our single-family home. They're extremely happy. They pay the rent on time. We love having them there. They love living there. All is right in the world. Get a phone call one day from our tenant. The tenant says, hey, I've got some fast, fantastic news, Mr. Landlord. Uh, my wife and I or my husband and I have been able to qualify uh, finally, and we're going to be buying a home of our own. Thanks for letting us live here for the last year or two, whatever it's been. Uh, we're going to be vacating. Here's our notice. We'll be moving out on such and such a date. Congratulations, you say. Good for them. And you begin getting prepared. Tenant move-out day comes. They move out. You do the walkthrough with them. Sign off on the paperwork. They give you the keys back. And you very promptly get in there with either yourself uh, or some friends or a cleaning crew and you go through and you clean the carpets and maybe do a little repainting or whatever might need to be done to get the unit ready for the next tenant that's going to be coming along. You started advertising, you've got some interest, uh, after work or on the weekends you're showing the property and you get another set of tenants that comes along and says, this looks like it'd be fantastic. You run them through a process, do a background check, a few other things. Uh, sounds great. They sign a lease, they give you a deposit, and they're going to move in on the first of the month. That's great. Your unit is sitting empty for a month. That is not an uncommon scenario for s someone that owns a single-family rental to experience. But that's not so bad. So out of 13 months, so the original tenant was there for a one-year lease, that's 12 months, uh, then you had a month that it sat empty. So out of 13 months, you had one month of vacancy. So that's a little over 7%, about 7.5, actually 7.7 .7 if you're doing the math, but we'll call it 7 plus percent uh, in terms of what the vacancy is. I would describe that as actually being pretty lumpy. And what I mean by that is for 12 months, the vacancy was zero. You had a tenant. They paid rent. No issues. And then for one month, it was 100%. So it's very lumpy. Now, there's nothing wrong with it being lumpy. It just makes it a little more challenging to manage. For example, during the months that the tenant was there, they paid the rent. You turned around and you paid property taxes and the mortgage payment. And maybe you paid for a gardener or you paid uh, water and sewer or an HOA fee. All the different expenses that went along with operating the property. During the month that it sat empty, you didn't have any rent, but you still had all of those actual expenses. That lumpiness makes it a challenge. Now, as a good landlord uh, and a good property owner, you may have been budgeting every month for that vacancy that you knew was coming, and you may not have. So that's one of the challenges there. Let's move up to a fourplex, get a little larger as we're heading towards that 100-unit investment. If I move to a fourplex, and let's assume that we have the exact same scenario, right? We have four tenants. Uh, over the course of each of their one-year leases, uh, we get four notices that they're going to vacate, and they move out, and the next tenant moves in, and it takes us again about a month to be able to do all that. That would still give us the exact same physical 
vacancy rate of a little over 7%, like we talked about. Uh, you'd have uh, 52 total months uh, of uh, potential rent income. That's 13 times 4. And then you'd have an empty month in each of those, which, again, gets you to that same 7+. plus. This is a lot smoother, right? Because some months you're going to be at 100%. And then during a certain period of time, you might have 25% vacancy, or depending upon how they stacked up, it's possible you could have 100% vacancy, right, if all four occurred at the same time, but that'd probably be spread out a little bit. So you've got some months where your occupancy is 100% and uh, some months where it's maybe only 75 or 50, um, not quite as lumpy, but still some lumpiness to it. Well, if we go up to a hundred unit property and we're going to, we're going to use the exact same metrics. Now there are certainly some differences between how a single family is going to experience vacancies and a fourplex and a hundred unit property. And we're not going to get into those today. Again, that all favors the larger property, but we're trying to just do some simple math to understand how just an individual vacancy affects what goes on in terms of the size of units. So over the same period of time, so you've got 12 months that tenants are in their lease and then they give you notice and they move out. So over 13 months for 100 units, you're talking about 1,300 months of potential occupancy there and you're going to have a uh, hundred vacancies. Well, you do that math, and gee, what do you know? You're right at that exact same seven plus percent uh, vacancy rate. So the rate of vacancy that we're talking about between a single family and a fourplex and a hundred unit complex, there's no difference at all, right? And that's what we want to keep in mind is for this bit of analysis that we're doing, we're making the assumption that they're the same. I don't know that that would necessarily be true in the real world. Uh, I think there's clearly opportunities where the 100-unit complex would be able to outperform the smaller complexes. But again, we're not really looking at those particular issues right now. So when we do that, um, the big difference we're going to see is we've gone from this very lumpy experience, and again, that's my technical term for it, right? this very lumpy experience of either 100% occupancy or 100% vacancy in a single family to a fourplex in which you can move from 100% occupancy to maybe 75 and then back to 100 and then possibly down to 50 and then back to 100. So less lumpy but still quite a bit of volatility on a monthly basis Two, we get to the 100 units, and it's going to be a much smoother dynamic across the entire year. Now, there will absolutely be some months in which you might have uh, a vacancy rate of maybe 5 or 6%, right, 5 or 6 units, and there could be some months where maybe it's 10. You're not going to have the volatility that you have in the others, which means covering expenses like debt service and operating expenses, including doing repairs and maintenance and paying insurance and property taxes and all those things, will be much easier to budget for in a larger property. So if we think about size, we've really got two different factors here. One is scale allows us to work much more efficiently. 
that would absolutely be a reason you'd want to look at being involved in larger investments. And when we go to a larger property, we have more stability over time in terms of our occupancy and vacancy curves than we do in smaller properties. What moves us then to be involved in smaller properties? Well, the primary reason people make investments in smaller properties is they can do that work themselves. I completely understand that. We have quite a few clients that we work with who have been substantial owners of individual real estate, whether it's a group of single-family homes or smaller complexes, fourplexes, eightplexes, uh, even 20-unit uh, apartment complexes. And they've managed those themselves. Well, what's the reason that they've moved from managing those size properties and investing in those size properties to working with a firm like Mara Poling? The primary difference has been this. The ease of managing uh, and having a professional management firm be involved and still receiving the quality of returns and all the tax advantages and everything else that goes with it. That simplicity in their lives, uh, as people get busier with lots and lots of things going on, they simply don't have the time to manage finding new tenants, dealing with maintenance issues and the like. There's also an extra benefit, and that is and I find this uh, rather common, we'll be talking with a potential investor, a client, and they'll tell us that they really love being involved in real estate. They like having their properties. One of the questions we'll often ask is, that's fantastic. Does your spouse and do your children share that same passion for, for real estate and that same understanding? Often the answer is, oh no, if something were to happen to me, my spouse would sell all these assets in a heartbeat. They have no interest in being involved in this. They don't want the hassle and so on. So when somebody has that kind of an investment portfolio, there's some significant risk that were something to happen to them, it would be very difficult to continue the management process for those assets. And there also might be a sale that happens simply because of that timing as opposed to finding the most opportune time in the market to sell. So often, individuals that own and manage their own real estate will look to work with a firm like Mara Poling so they can have some stability beyond their capability of being able to manage it. If somebody has properties, they sell those assets or transition those in some manner, and we're able to help them do that, and they move into an asset with a firm like us, then if something happens to them, well, their spouse and their estate continues to get those checks because you've got professional management that's in place. So that's one of the other reasons that people will often look to larger assets to be involved with. What's the right size asset? Well, that's for each of you to be able to decide. And it has an awful lot to do, as you can tell, with what you're looking for in terms of an investment. If you want to be actively involved and manage your own assets, and you have a modest amount of money to invest, then you're going to be looking to make an investment in a single family or a duplex or a fourplex or something like that and manage it yourself. You're going to learn an awful lot about real estate. And as I said, we would love to help you with that educational process. Visit us at the Learning Center at marapoling.com. That's M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. We'd be more than happy to help you learn 
all that we can share with you about multifamily real estate so that you become a more educated investor. If you're interested in some of the stability and the security and the scale and efficiency of larger properties and are looking for the flexibility of being able to invest larger amounts of money or even smaller amounts of money, then you're interested in looking for a firm like Mara Polling where you could invest as little, for example, as $25,000 and have access to a number of different properties that would give you some diversity and give you some scale so you've got the efficiency associated with 100, 200, 300, 400 unit complexes. What's the right size? That's up for you to be able to determine. Hopefully what we've shared with you today has helped you understand what the options are that you have so that you can make the best decision for yourself. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe on one of the many different channels that were available out there. Stop by the website, the Learning Center at marapolling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. We look forward to seeing you next time on Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. Thank you.